Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Thank you for joining us this evening for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage and tonight we continue our conversation about Creation Week and we'll be discussing Day 6 in the first chapter of Genesis. If you would like to join in our conversation tonight, give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, last night I was going through the list of all the people we have had on our panel over the last year, and we've had a pretty amazing range. There have been panelists who were in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and even 80s. Dr. Bob Jones III is in his 80s. And we have had teenagers read scripture on the air and help us call screen, but I think we are about to break a record tonight with the youngest panelists ever. Amen. Well, we are so excited to have with us our deacon Adrian Smith in the studio with his three sons, Douglas, Wesley, and Jacob. Not in the order of their age, but in the order they're sitting across from me. So, uh, Adrian, it's so nice to have you with us tonight, along with your three sons. Well, we're glad to be here, and uh, it's, it's definitely an exciting opportunity. I know Jacob's really looking forward to tonight. Yeah, Jacob, good to have you. You're going to uh, uh, read some scripture with us tonight. You're you're excited about being on the program this evening? Yep. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you here, and Wesley and Douglas, three great young men. And uh, so what do you guys do on Sunday morning when you come into the church uh, place where we meet on Sunday? What do you what do you do to get us going here, Douglas? Uh, we help carry the stuff out of the storage unit and then set up the sound system. That's right. Well, you guys are great. You're expert sound technicians now, aren't you? Who puts the sign out front? Me. You. <laughs> that always gives me such a good feeling when I park my car, Douglas, and, and I see the sign already going out front. What's your main job, Wesley? What do you do in the setup? Bringing stuff up and setting it up. Yeah. You, you run the wires and cables and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You do a good job, Wesley, and we're so happy to have you tonight. And uh, we have other young people in our church who might be listening this evening, like your sister. You don't want to say hello to her, though, do you? No. You d- <laughs> oh! Well, I do. I want to say hello to Emily. Hi, Hi Emily. Emily. <laughs> you liked and, your dress today, Emily. Oh, she had a matching dress and, and mask, mask today. And yeah. bag. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, she looks so nice. I think Susan made that. Did Susan? Uh, no, that was my mom. Oh, your mom. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was awesome. Great family. And we So we also want to give our shout-out to Chloe and Phoebe. And I hope Phoebe's enjoying her butter out there tonight. Okay, so this evening we are going to read the sixth day of creation. And we're going to talk about on the sixth day, God, of course, makes man, which is the crown of his creation, as well as the cattle creeping things and beasts of the field. So let's read beginning in Genesis chapter 1. I'll get us going at verse number 24, where God's word says in Genesis 1 verse 24. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. 
And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein I is there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning of the first day, sixth day. Amen. Okay, thank you so much. And Adrian's going to start us out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity uh, to be on the air this evening talking about the sixth day of creation. Oh Lord, it was so amazing the things you did on that day, uh, the the animals created, and uh, specifically that you created man. And Lord, we look forward to uh, discussing that this evening, talking about that, hearing from uh, callers and allowing callers to call in with their uh, their needs. Lord, and thank you for the opportunity to pray with our callers tonight. Mm-hmm. Lord, we ask that you would just bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So here is the crown of God's creation. Man is created in the image of God. And it's only said of man that man is created in his image. So we want to explore tonight what that means, how it affects our lives, and the importance of it. And But before God created man, he made the, cap, the cattle, the creeping things, and the beasts of the field by the very word of his power. And also in Genesis chapter 2, it gives other information that he made those things from the dust of the ground, mm-hmm. just as he made man. Mm. But nevertheless, the emphasis of this passage, and I read those verses, yeah. what did it say like over and over again? After its kind, after, after their kind. kind. Yeah. In other words, a creeping thing could not evolve into a cattle, mm-hmm. you know, and that a bug could not evolve into a bison, and nothing was going to uh, evolve into a dinosaur. God made those things after their kind, and they reproduced and multiplied right. yeah, after their kind. After their kind. And certain kinds can go extinct, but a kind cannot change into another kind, and we've emphasized that, yeah. but I just mm-hmm. wanted to bring that out in the beginning because of the emphasis of that. So God created the land animals on the sixth day. He's filling up the earth, right? He's filling up the earth. On the fourth day, he filled up the atmosphere. On the fifth day, he filled the sky and and the the seas. On the sixth day, he fills the earth with cattle creeping things, beasts of the field, and man. So you guys, we're thrilled to have you with us tonight. Adrian? (laughs) And the three sons. I'm thinking of that, that TV show. I used to watch it when I was a kid, my three sons. But I know that they, they've never seen But it was a very nice show. Very nice show. 
But we're really thrilled to have you, and we're so thankful for your ministry in our church. And I know you guys took a cross-country trip earlier this year, and I'm sure that was a, a life experience. That You think you're going to ever forget that cross-country trip no. that no. you took? No. Even you're going to remember that one, Wesley, huh? So what was your overall experience like? Adrian, why don't you start off first? What was your overall experience like? And then your sons could also uh, add into that. Lots of driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was really based out of, uh, I, I did that going into fourth grade with my family mm. uh, growing up. And, you know, Susan and I had talked about being able to do the same thing. And, of course, it was delayed because of COVID. We had originally planned oh, yeah. to do it in right. 2020. Um, but uh, we did that in 2021, and uh, funny you should say bison earlier because that was one of the items I really remembered from mm. my first time, uh, and it was fun to see him again this time. Mm. And you know, just this, the largest North American land animal, yeah. and they are just massive mm-hmm. in the power that they have, and yet they can be so tame at other times where they're just grazing in the field. Uh, and I think the boys will remember when we were, I think we were just driving along the road there, and. Uh, all the cars were stopping, and everybody just saw all these bison in the field. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Nice. All right. So, Douglas, what was what was uh, astounding to you about your trip, so memorable? Uh, I enjoyed Mount Rainier and how it was a massive mountain and how there was still a lot of snow, even though it was summer. Oh, was wow. Just so that showed how high and majestic the mountains were. Yeah, that's in Washington State as well, right? Yeah. I mean, Mount Rainier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, actually, I visited my sister and we're able to see Mount Rainier also from there. It is beautiful. I Mountains like it are when beautiful. You, yeah, when you fly out of Seattle, sometimes you can't even see it from below the clouds, but then once you get above the clouds, you can see the top of Mount Rainier, and that's pretty yeah. spectacular yeah. as well. And that's why I love Colorado Springs so much, because mm, of Pikes Peak. Peak. Yeah. It's, it's really beautiful just to look up and just see the mountain there. It's, it's, it's nicer, actually. I mean, I love to look up and see the Empire State Building, but, but <laughs> there's something I, I very there's different something out there. west. Yeah, there's something just beautiful about looking up and seeing the beautiful mountain like Pikes Peak. So, Wesley, what did you enjoy about the trip? Just how beautiful everything was. Yeah. Did you did you guys get to see the Grand Canyon? Yes. Yep. What was what was what what did you think when you first saw the Grand Canyon? Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Okay. <laughs> it was amazing, right? Yeah. Okay, and Jacob, what did, what was your take on your trip? What did you enjoy about your cross country trip? Um, just like seeing a lot of the animals, like and following up on what my dad was saying about the bison. They yeah. at Yellowstone, they actually kill more people there than the bears. Oh, okay, so you got to watch out for those bison. It's because all that power packed in the head. Oh wow! Yeah, uh-huh. packed yeah. in the neck, and people don't think they're dangerous, so they just go. Right up to them. But but Dorothy was afraid of lions and tigers and bears, not bison. She oh should my. have said bears, <laughs> bison and bears. Okay. So, uh, all right. Thank you so much, Jacob. That's that's great. So we now we're talking as well on the sixth day. God created the land animal. So I thought it would be an interesting question, just as young young men. What what are your some of your favorite animals? Okay. So Jacob, why don't you start us off on this? What's one of your favorite animals? Um, probably the white-tailed deer. Okay. Because, and one of its cool features is um, how it, when it sits, like when it lays down, it actually puts it back to the wind so uh-huh. it can look in front of it, mm-hmm. like have that wide vision. And what they don't see, they can smell because the smell travels through the wind. Okay. Wow. All right. Okay. Wesley, what about you? What's one of your favorite animals? We've got a white-tailed deer. 
A toad. A toad, okay. Now, a white-tailed deer can step on a toad. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, so why do you like the toad? Because it lives in our backyard. Oh, it lives in... Now, what kind of toads are living back there? Big ones, little ones, medium-sized ones? I guess medium-sized ones. <laughs> okay. Okay. And can you... Are, are there different... What What can you tell about the toad? Their size. Oh, their size? Okay. Yeah, when I was a kid, we used to go up... To, there was a, a country club and there was a brook. We used to go up to the brook and catch uh, catch frogs and toads and things like that. And uh, but but we always let them go. Would you do you keep them and try to feed them yourself, or no. you let them go? You don't you don't bring any in the house. No. Do you scare them? Do you scare Emily with them? No. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay, Douglas. What about you? My favorite animal has been the cheetah. Okay. And I've liked this animal for a long time because of its fast speed. Yeah, it's the fastest land animal, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, have you ever seen one just in a zoo or something? Yeah, just in zoos. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Adrian, did you want to weigh in on this? Sure. No? Uh, yeah, my favorite animal growing up was a monkey, and I had several stuffed animal monkeys, and I think Emily has most of those now. <laughs> but uh, one of the fun things for Douglas and I, when we went to visit our missionaries in Madagascar, yeah. mm. uh, we got to see uh, a number of different types of lemurs uh, there in Madagascar. And it's just so amazing how, you know, the lemurs, they're... They're only natural there to Madagascar. Oh wow! Um, and and they're they're not found in other parts of the world. And their jumping ability was pretty amazing. As you know, you'd walk along the path, and they were just jumping around all in front of you. Okay, all right. And Micah, what is your favorite animal? Well, I think a lot of the people in the church already know, but I've mentioned on this program once or twice that horses are my favorite animal. And it's interesting that God Himself told us that more than any other beast he created the horse to be a fearless warrior and um, i just wanted to quote some verses in job 39 where god asked job "Hast thou given the horse strength Hast thou clothed it in its neck with thunder he meaning the horse swalloweth the ground with fierceness and rage he saith of among the trumpets ha ha he smelleth the battle afar off now in addition to being a fearless warrior the horse just like Adrian was talking about the bison, it can be powerful, majestic, beautiful, and also quite gentle. And while the horse is not made in ima- the image of God, I dare say that God displayed some of his favorite characteristics through the creation of the horse. Yeah, horses are powerful. Actually, they're very emotional to watch a horse mm-hmm. run. Even mm-hmm. it, it sometimes like makes me uh, tear up. You know, it's yeah. so, they're so beautiful. Well, yeah, uh, my favorite, and it's not really, an, it isn't an animal. Uh, it's an insect. But I'm going to say it's an ant. An ant. An ant. You know why? There's 2,500 kinds of ants, and they were all at your last picnic. And so you have to deal with ants in life. You're never going to get away from them. So enjoy them. There's 2,500 different kinds. They've survived. Ants are, are surviving. You'd think they would have evolved into something bigger, but they just stayed small. That's true. And little ants. But we got to appreciate the little things in life. I bet you a lot of animals really like ants. Can I mention one more, Pastor? <laughs> Just speaking of after its kind and evolution, you know, another animal created on day six it's, is the giraffe. You know, it's so unique, it really defies any evolutionary theory. You know, it stands 18 feet tall, and its neck is six feet long. That's as tall as you and me, mm. Pastor. Um, and while the giraffe's closest cousin, as a scientist would say, is the okapi, which is only eight feet tall and has a neck that's two feet long, 
one of the most unique aspects of the giraffe is its circulatory system, its blood system, because a giraffe's heart is bigger than its head, it's two feet long, and it must pump 16 gallons of blood per minute to get the blood all the way up, up the, the neck, neck to the brain. And then it has special valves in its neck to counteract yeah. the gravity. You know, when its head is up, it does one thing, and then when its head goes all the way down 18 feet to drink water, it does something else. And the evolutionary idea is that the giraffe's neck simply stretched upward so they could eat leaves on tall trees. But that's a joke because there's plenty of food on the ground and, of course, there's no in-between fossils that have ever been found. God created the giraffe completely and totally unique. That's right. And all together in one, pl- at one time did not evolve. So let's talk now about God's creation of man in his image. Man is the crown of his creation. And we're mm-hmm. going to look really at three things tonight. We're going to see... The divine decision, if you will, the executive divine counsel of God, a divine decision of the triune God to make man. And then man was created by a direct creation, the direct creation of the triune God. And then man was created in the distinct likeness of God in his image. So man was created by a divine decision. And as we come into day six... And we come down to verse 26, Mm -hmm. where it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. That is a real break Mm -hmm. in the whole narrative Mm -hmm. and what God has been saying. Up until now, the scripture's been saying, you know, and God said, and God said, and, you know, God said, let there be light, and God called the light day, and so forth. But here, for the first time, it says, And God said, let us Mm -hmm. make man. In our image. So, Micah, talk to us about the significance of that expression, let us make. Yeah. You, you mentioned that it's an incredible phrase in verse 26 where God says, let us make man in our image and our, after our likeness. And this takes us back to the very first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, where the Hebrew word for God is plural, Elohim. And yet the verb created is singular, bara. So, verse 1 and verse 26 are the first glimpse we have of the Trinity, God as three in one. And it's amazing that this concept is introduced within the first words of the first chapter of the Bible. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're not completely revealed as the triune Godhead until the baptism of Jesus in the New Testament. But we get glimpses like this, and in Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve sin, and God says, Behold, the man has become as one of us. And then again at the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, when God says, Let us go down there, confound their languages. Yeah. And so when God says, Let us uh-huh. make, yeah. who's he talking to? Now, who do, if, if someone doesn't believe in the triune God, yeah. who would they say that us is? Well, I actually asked... Uh, somebody wants a religious Jew, what he thought God was referring to himself in the plural, you know, what that was, and he tripped all over himself to explain that God was basically using the royal we, he said. Um, you know, he said that in ancient times, a king or a queen would refer to himself or herself in the plural, but when I looked it up, the earliest record of this ever happening was 400 years after Jesus walked the earth, so yeah. the Bible was completed by then, so it didn't That work. is so cultural. They're saying, like, God is a southerner, like, Leo, like, uh, We'll be seeing you now, like you know, and we're talking about me. I say we'll we'll that, they do that down south, right? They say we'll we'll see you later now. <laughs> so yeah, did you want to say anything, Adrian? Well, some have said that he was talking to angels. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. You know that that's yeah that before. he was talking to angels. What Could that think, be? What do you think about that, Pastor? It's impossible because whose image are we made in? Mm-hmm. 
not the image of angels because he says let us make man in our image so whoever the us is we're made in the image of the us so it's not angels others have said as well that you know like Gnostics who believe in a whole pantheon of gods Mm -hmm. that God was just speaking to the other gods but the, the amazing thing and we can kind of move forward here as well in this divine decision of God saying let us make is that expression let us does tell us about the very heart and nature of God as well so Adrian what does that expression tell us about the heart and nature of God well I I think it really does tell about you know the the trinity that we we find later on and the the term trinity is not used in, in the Bible but it, it does tell us about you know God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit uh, had a relationship and had always been together and had always known you know worked with each other. Hmm. Um, yeah. And, and you know God had never been alone. So to me, it's not strange for him to say, "Let us do something," mm-hmm. uh, because they had always been together, and, mm-hmm. and that I'm sure that conversation had always been between them, even though they are one. They are they are the three, um, and so. You know, really, the it it shows us of the three distinct persons that is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I like the the concept of relationship because that's one of the reasons we do this radio program, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We yeah. want to develop re- relationships with our listeners, mm-hmm. and we have people every week here standing by to, to receive calls. Mm-hmm. You know, they could call right now nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. You beat me to it. They have an opportunity <laughs> to pray with somebody. And, you know, even if they had a question about what they, you know, about the relationship with God and God amongst the three, they, they could ask that question. That's tonight. right. That's right. And our phone lines are open and we're here live. We don't just send in a, we could, we could send in a, a tape, if you will, of a, of a service and that would be fine. But we do like this personal interaction. How many people are in the studio tonight with us here? There's I can't like, even count. There's yeah, so many. Yeah, there's We've been multiplying. Nine, Isn't I that think there's one about of 12 commands? of us here tonight. <laughs> but uh, we, we have a good time of fellowship. We have a guest from Tennessee here tonight. Yeah. And as well as Adrian and his three sons. We, we lost one of them. I think one of them just crawled under the table. <laughs> but, uh, but, we're, but it's all about relationships and fellowship. And so, dear friends, if we can encourage you tonight, maybe you f- are feeling lonely and discouraged, give us a call right now at 929 333 Three seven three nine. We would love to hear from you. Nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. But let me just say this also about this passage, because it's really quite phenomenal when we think of God speaking in the plural in verse twenty six. Right? Mm-hmm. Let yeah. us make man in our image after our likeness. But then down in verse twenty seven, it says, "So God created man in His mm-hmm. image. Created He Him." That's singular. Mm-hmm. Male and female created he, them. So God is referred to in the plural, I think, at least three times there in verse number 26. And then in the singular, three times in verse 27. Because God is plural in his persons. Mm. God is three distinct persons, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But God is one. God is yeah. one divine essence. And no one can speak like this but our great triune God of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I, I love that he is relational among the Godhead, but he's also re- relational among the human beings. An example of this is, you know, 
couple chapters later in Genesis chapter 3, we see God came to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Now, I assume that this wasn't the first time he did this, but that God had come for a walk before. And walking with God suggests that Adam and Eve had a closeness and an intimacy with him. And although it looks a little different today, we too can walk with God even now. We too can have a deep, intimate relationship with the Lord by spending time with him reading his word, talking with him in prayer, and even living in obedience to him. Yeah. And, you know, when Jesus was on earth, he talked to his father. Mm -hmm. And I love the prayer of Jesus Christ, that high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, when he even said, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. And we're going to talk about this phrase next. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Mm. And so Jesus is praying to his Father. And here the Godhead is speaking to himself. Let us make man in our image. So before we move forward from here, though, let us just take a moment to consider God's divine purpose even from before the foundation of the world when he created man. Because there are amazing statements in the Bible, as in the New Testament. We're going to look at a few New Testament verses here for just a moment that tell us how God had a plan before he made anything. He has a plan for man, even from the foundation of the world. That's like a phrase that repeats itself mm -hmm. from before the foundation of the world. So since we're at the foundations of the world, I think it's good for us to consider these New Testament verses. So... So, Adrian, first we're going to look at Revelation 13.8, which tells us of God's plan from the foundation of the world. And what we'll do, we'll have uh, Jacob, read it, yeah. Jacob is going to read that scripture. And then, Adrian, if you could respond to Revelation chapter 13.8 after Jacob reads it. Revelation 13.8. And all that dwell among the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Wow. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Okay. <laughs> Unpack that one for us, Brother Adrian. <laughs> well, one of the things I found was interesting was, uh, you know, the word that's used um, in, in the, the Greek Bible there for uh, the foundation. It's, it's used ten times and always with the, um, the, the phrase that comes right after that, of the world or the cosmos. Hmm. Um, and so those are those are always together. Those ten times that it uses that word for the foundation, they're they're always together with of the world. And so it, it's inexplicably linked to the foundation of the world. That that phrase is together. Um, you know those ten times in the New Testament here, hmm. and you know it, it was always the plan. It, it was never. Uh, it wasn't an afterthought. Um, God didn't set things in motion and go, oh, I need a plan B. Um, you know, always the plan from the foundation of, of the world, even before uh, the, the world was created, you know, God had this put together, that the, that the lamb would need to be slain mm -hmm. um, for what he, he knew would happen. And yet he still created us. How many of us would create something if we knew they were going to rebel against us? Mm -hmm. And yet yeah. God still allowed that um, in, in, you know, in, his, in his perfectness, in his majesty. It's it's so mysterious. I mean, because the verse that I just read as well, God loved His Son from the foundation of the world, mm -hmm. but yet He planned for Him to be slain from the foundation of the world, which shows us that He loves us yes. <laughs> as well. 
and he he had a plan of salvation because God knew what man would do, so God mm-hmm. planned to save man mm-hmm. even from the foundation of the world. He had a plan to have this eternal fellowship with man. So it's it's mysterious. We can't fully fathom and understand this. Great is the mystery of godliness, but great is his love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really amazing, though, you know, as well, if I could just make this comment too, Revelation 13, 8, that in principle, we could say that it's the blood of Jesus Christ that has saved every man who's ever been saved. Mm. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that has forgiven every man of every sin that he's ever committed, because in principle, his blood was shed from the foundation of the world. So mm-hmm. when Adam sinned and God clothed them with the clothes of an animal mm-hmm. and that, that the, the blood of an animal was shed, it wasn't the blood of that animal that forgave Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. It was the blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood of that animal only was a type of the blood of Jesus Christ that would one day be shed. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so let's go to Titus chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2 where we also see... Micah, a promise from the foundation of the world. And Jacob, if you could read this one for us as well. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith's, faith of God elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Amen. God Amen. promised. Yeah, so the Apostle Paul tells us that not only was the lamb sacrificed, was it planned before the foundation of the earth, but that the result of that sacrifice, namely our salvation, our redemption, was promised then as well. So God is sovereign. We know that. We know that he is outside of time. But his plan and promises have also always existed. So God knew before he created the heaven and the earth that his son would die on the cross, and he knew which ones of us were going to accept that death and resurrection as a sacrifice for our sin. So our redemption, the Bible tells us that our redemption is a joy to the angels, and it's a joy to God as well, but it's not a surprise to him because he knew before the foundation of the earth exactly which way it was going to go for each one of us. Amen. And so if God promised eternal life before the foundation of the world, should we have any doubt for us that we have that gift of eternal life when we have put our faith in the one who was slain from the foundation of the world, you know? So, Jacob, did you want to weigh in on this at all and say anything? Um, sure. Uh, how it, and it was talking about how the hope of eternal life was from the beginning, so... Yeah. Meaning that even though we've done bad things, mm-hmm. we still have the hope of eternal life because God promised it in the beginning, yeah. and he never breaks his promises. That's right. He doesn't break his promises. And you know what? I too, uh, I don't want to go on preaching on Titus here, but I like where it says that he's going to manifest this word now to the world through preaching. Hmm. 
you know, and that's why we're on the radio as mm-hmm. well. And so that's why we're here tonight to manifest the Word of God, to manifest the salvation of Jesus Christ, the hope of eternal life that we have through the preaching of Jesus Christ, the preaching of the cross to them that perishes foolishness, but to us which are saved, it's the power of God into salvation. Mm-hmm. So, dear mm-hmm. friends, if you've never been saved, you can call on the Lord tonight and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior from sin. And if you have any questions about your salvation, your forgiveness, your eternal life, call us right now at 929-333-3739. We have call screeners dedicated to the Lord, giving of their time and heart to be a blessing to you tonight, to pray with you. Maybe you say, well, I'm already saved. Well, give us a call if we can encourage you. Maybe pray with you about some special need or burden that you have in your life at 929-333-3739. Yeah, and I think, Pastor, you just talked about we shouldn't have any doubt. And, and Jacob was even saying that we, we can't doubt because God had already given us those promises. But many Christians do doubt, and many yeah. Christians struggle with doubt. And so I would just say, in addition, that if you are struggling with doubt tonight, give us a call because we have two wonderful call screeners ready to take that phone call and encourage you and show you in the Bible where you can believe in the promises of God. Amen. Amen. And so the third scripture we want to look at tonight that mentions and references this amazing phrase from the foundation of the world is Second Timothy two uh Second Timothy chapter one verse nine. And so Jacob, if you could read that, and I think you had a comment about that verse as well. Okay. Who hath saved us and called us by uh, an holy calling, and according to our works, but according to not I mean not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Jesus Christ before the world began. Amen. Okay, so what what do you think the the Lord is saying there, Jacob, through Paul's writing? Um, it was talking about how the plan of Jesus Christ dying mm-hmm. said he actually had that plan before the world began. Hmm. It was talking about how how it was who hath saved us, which is talking about God and called us with a holy calling. Like, but it's but it also said not according to our own works, but it just shows right. that it's not according to our own works; it's God, according to God's uh, God's grace, mm-hmm. right? So God had a plan to bring salvation to the world, not by works. Salvation has never been by works. Adam from Adam. Through the Mosaic Law of, of Moses, man was not saved by works. Mm. And today, man is not saved by works. Religion doesn't save man. Ritual, religious rituals don't save man. Uh, good works, for by grace are we saved through faith, right? Not of, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. That doesn't mean that good works are not good. Mm-hmm. Should we do good works? Absolutely. So why? Why should we do good works if they don't bring us salvation? Well, I just love in the book of Romans, over and over, Paul says, you know, we shouldn't take advantage of God's grace just because he has so much grace for us. He right. says, by, you know, God forbid that we take advantage of that grace. We should be displaying the fruit of the Spirit as long as that we live. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you say to people, Adrian, who, who, you know, who have this idea that salvation can't be all by grace? Because if it's by grace, then you, you could just go and do whatever you want. You're, you don't have to do any good works. Well, you know, the way I would respond to that or talk through um, that situation with somebody would be to to really look at you know what is our purpose, hmm. and if our purpose is to to do whatever we want here on this earth, 
then sure, we could do whatever we want, and yes. it doesn't matter. Grace would cover it. Yeah. But our purpose is to bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we're really going about the business of bringing glory to God, we wouldn't be sinning. We wouldn't be harming yeah. uh, that relationship we have with mm-hmm. our Heavenly Father. We would want to uh, do the things that He wants us to do, yeah. the, to complete the ministries that He's called us to here on earth. Yeah, and I believe also that the greatest motive of doing good works is out of gratitude to someone who has done so something so great for you mm-hmm. that you cannot repay them because mm-hmm. that's really what salvation is that God has given us this gift mm-hmm. that we cannot repay him we we could not have bought it ourselves yeah. God gave us something that we never could have had so we're just so full of thankfulness to him we want to serve him you yeah. know and i love that you know instead of the 613 laws in the Old Testament, and I think that's the number, you know, Jesus really boiled it down to two. He said, love God and love others. It doesn't mean that it's easy, and none of us do that perfectly, but he really made it simple in the explanation that everything we're supposed to do should flow out of that love, loving the fa- loving God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and loving other people. And when we sin, we're not loving one of those entities. And it says here, just one last thought, and we can move on, but he hath saved us. He saved us. We didn't save ourselves. He called us with a holy calling. And it says here a holy calling. And in Hebrew says a heavenly calling. Philippians says a high calling. We have a holy, heavenly, and high calling. Okay, so let's move on now to the direct creation. God created us directly. God said, back in Genesis chapter 1 now, let us make man. So God created male and female. God created male and female. So what is the importance of God's direct creation of man on day six? And as it says three times in verse 27 that he created man. Three times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And the verse before that, God kind of gives this hierarchy. He defines defines for all living things, setting man high above the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and the creatures that live on land. Why would man be set above the rest, given dominion over all? And the answer is because God created him to be the pinnacle of creation. So three times in that verse 27, it says God created man. It's that same Hebrew word, bara, and this is the only time in Genesis 1 that this word is repeated this often. And it really flies in the face of anyone who says that man evolved over millions of years. So we say, take these verses literally. God means what he says. He's saying, I created man. It's important for you to understand that. Amen. Dear friends, we are created in the image of God, male and female. It's really quite simple, mm-hmm. even though there's such growing and what can we say about the confusion to Mm -hmm. me it's a tragic Mm -hmm. confusion Mm -hmm. that people are having regarding their genders children are being just confused at early ages Mm -hmm. but it's so clear and God's word is so simple right Mm -hmm. he created us in his image male and female created he them And that's the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it always will be. And man is not going to... Man can confuse it, but they're not going to change it. Right. Right. Yeah. You really have to throw out the entire Bible to come to the conclusion that God did not create man. And right now, we're going to go to a song of how 
we are going we when we have life in Jesus Christ it is not death to die it's a beautiful song I hope that you will enjoy the song as it's played God created us so that we could live forever God wants to save us he wants to call you tonight come to me and I will give you rest so dear friend give us a call right now at 929-333-3739 Give us a call right now It is not death to die To leave this weary road And join the saints who dwell on high Who found their home with God It is not death to close The eyes Long dim by tears and wake in joy before your throne, delivered from our fears. Oh Jesus, conquering the grave, your
God created man in his image, male and female created he them. Dear friends, we did not evolve into the image of God. We were created Amen. in the image of God. There is no survival of the fittest, no mutations that brought about higher complexity. There are no self-willed genetic transformations. God creates everything according to their kind and they reproduce after their kind that's true science that's the bible so we're going to talk about how god created us in his image a distinct likeness that we are made in the distinct likeness of god and so what does it actually mean adrian we'd like to kind of emphasize what does it mean that we were made in the image of god what is the image of god that we were made in Right, and it says, after our likeness, and I think that's what we're referring to here. Um, it, I really saw it as, in, in, in reading through this, resembling God. And, I, and I, the first thing I thought of, and of course I have three sons here tonight, is mm. when you, know, you have children, you know, they generally resemble you in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be through uh, their appearance. It might be through their mm-hmm. intellect, their habits. Yeah. And you know, that was one of the things that I, I thought of, is that God... You know, created us to resemble him in multiple different ways. Um, in the way that we have knowledge and, and we, we can think through things uh, and we come to decisions yeah. uh, and, and gave us that ability to, to think through and, and to really um, go through com- complex, uh, complex thinking. Uh, and, and I thought that was wonderful. And then, you know, the other, the other item was, um, you know, James uh, 3.9. Um, and, and it's talking about the the tongue. Um, it, it just confirms for me that that we're made uh, in the likeness of God. I think there it says similitude, um, and that there's there's nothing different um, that we could be that we we don't resemble anything else, but mm-hmm. we resemble God in in these many different ways in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know. Man made in the image of God is what completely sets us apart from the rest of creation. Yes. The Bible describes so many attributes, like Adrian is talking about, that are unique to man. So man can play musical instruments. I know Adrian's sons all play the piano. Uh, man can write history, poetry, proverbs. Man can gather in an assembly and use logic and reason to debate. Man knows right from wrong. And most importantly, man can worship God. So no animal has the self-consciousness to seek a relationship with their creator. But what would you say to somebody about my favorite insect, the ant, that can build very <laughs> complex underground tunnels and things like that, or yeah. beavers can build dams and really cool a place to live, or dolphins, they say, are super smart, much smarter than us, you know? <laughs> what do you say to people like that, that that they can do complex things, yeah. and, and so we're really no better than the, than the animals or the insects? Well, we were talking about that fish last week who spends a week straight building this thing, which then protects the <laughs> egg. And so I think that God gave each individual animal a unique um, instinct so that they can do the thing that he created them to do. Right. And man's yeah. is very different than any of those that you just described. Right, even as you were talking, Adrian. Right, and I, and I think one of the differences is when, when you talk about these, they're able to do that one thing, and they may be able to do mm-hmm. it repeatedly, and, and many times it has to do with reproduction or uh, you know, what they do as far as you know, how they relate to other animals. But we don't see any of those animals putting together minerals to, to form complex 
metals yeah. that are stronger than anything that's found in, in, in natural ways. Um, that really that higher level thinking where they're able to go beyond just the basics and, yeah. and take it to the next level and really build things. And yeah. I, I think obviously that's what came up in you know the Tower of Babel mm-hmm. where you know man was taking that intellect and was, and was trying to do something God mm-hmm. didn't want mm-hmm. uh, right. and had to confuse the languages. So even life. though my favorite insects, the ants, can build really cool underground <laughs> structures, they don't build hospitals down there. No. They don't no. build schools. They don't build churches. They... They can only, like, take that little stick and drag it to where they want it to be, but they're not going to, like you said, they're not going to figure out how to make that stick and use the minerals of it to make something better with it, you know? So that's really good. So we, as being in the image of God, are much more complex and able to discover and with creativity. Yeah, and it's funny that you just mentioned hospitals and schools, Pastor, because when we were driving down here, a couple people in the car with me, we drove by Mount Sinai, and we were just talking about how it's named after, you know, the mountain in the Bible, and then we thought of the hospitals and the schools and the universities, and they were all, in this country at least, created for the most part by Christians. So it's not only that humans create these things, it's people who are in touch with their creator are then inspired to create these institutions. And it's pretty amazing. Even the names still to this day, they're named after churches or named after things of the Bible. Right. And so man has self-consciousness and personality. He has intellect. He has emotion. He has will. Man is a moral creature. He's verbal and volitional. All of these elements are the image of God in us. Mm -hmm. Somebody said to me, though, so we have a body. Does that mean, Micah, that God has a physical body since we're made in his image, that God has a physical body like us? He doesn't, you know, and we know this for sure based on Jesus' own were his own words in scripture. He told us that God is spirit in John two twenty four, and then Jesus also told us that a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone. Luke twenty four thirty nine says, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. So other scriptures explicitly state that God is invisible as well. But man's body is still important. It was created to contain the image and likeness of God. And when God did physically manifest himself, he did it in human flesh. John 1.14 tells us that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And interestingly, we may actually have evidence of what Jesus' physical body looked like. Just yesterday, the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. opened an exhibit on the Shroud of Turin. And for those who haven't heard of the Shroud, it is an ancient linen cloth, which could be the burial cloth of Jesus Christ. You think it is, though, right? I think it is. And I I watched watched three and a half hours of their uh, talk yesterday live. And there are faint blood and plasma stains on the cloth, which show a crucified man who had all the same markings of Jesus Christ, including the wounds on his hands and his feet, a piercing in his side, and even puncture wounds on his head, which would have come from the crown of thorns. And while there is much debate around the shroud, there is no logical explanation for it other than that it is authentic. So either way, though, God the Father does not have a physical body. I'll have to get the TLC family to take me back to the Museum of the Bible then, huh? (laughs) Yeah, by July 31st. Oh, July 31st. Okay, there you go. Um, Let me just read a couple verses about this. 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory. So there it says, Our God is invisible, the Father. And 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16 says that God only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto. 
whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. So God is invisible spirit. Mm. So the body that we have is not so much the expression of the image of God, but it's the vehicle that God has given to us Mm -hmm. through which we can manifest forth the image of God. So in other words, God is invisible spirit, but can he see? Yes, God can see. Mm -hmm. So he's given us eyes to see. Mm -hmm. God is invisible spirit and he can hear. Mm -hmm. So he's given us ears for us to hear. God, it it speaks about God has hands, you know, the hand of the Lord, the Mm -hmm. hand of God. So God is invisible spirit, but in a sense, he has hands to move and to touch. Mm -hmm. So God has given us hands. You know, so the body, the physical body is not the expression of the image of God, but it's the vehicle through which we Mm -hmm. manifest the image of God in which we live, we move, we have being, and so that we can manifest these aspects of God's image. Okay, so the the last thing here, with the, the a few moments left we have, is let's focus on God's image resulting in us having a personality built for relationships through language, which is us being in the image of God. We have a personality built for relationships through language. So how does this work out, Adrian, in practical ways in our daily life, and what is its importance? Well, I I like that, I mean, obviously the local church is where we can have a lot of relationships within Mm -hmm. the Christian walk. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of the other things that I really enjoyed, just going back to that, um, that trip we took this summer, was that our family had the opportunity to be in local churches, like-minded local churches mm-hmm. in California, Oregon, Washington, uh, Wyoming, and able just to to learn about these ministries and even to continue to pray for some of these individuals and some of these pastors that are that are working. You know, we we were in a variety of different type of ministries and just the relationships that you can build. Mm. Just because you share, oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. you know the love of Christ, mm-hmm. and and you show the love of Christ to one another, even in those short times, just spending a service together, you can you can have a relationship that you'll remember, and you can call upon, and you can you can pray and support those people in prayer uh, for for years to come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I, you know, some people say, "Oh, we love I love Jesus, but I don't like the church." Mm-hmm. I just do not connect with that statement because as a missionary I travel from church to church to church over a hundred different churches mm. stayed in people's homes met pastors it was an incredible experience yes. and the church has always been good to me the church that I've pastored as well as the churches that have supported us and just think you know we talk about missions we support mm-hmm. missionaries in our church mm-hmm. we're one church of many that would is required to send forth a missionary so it's right. really a team of churches mm-hmm. and think of that one missionary he has those complex relationships mm-hmm. with right. all those different people and pastors and churches and such as you adrian and your son you even went on missions trip to visit one of our missionaries mm-hmm. right yeah and it was fun going on that missions trip because you know it was a first-term missionary and we didn't know this but they just needed visitors because it was a place i mean madagascar is not the easiest place to get to yeah. and so they just needed visitors that would encourage them and that they could mm-hmm. talk to uh, that knew where they came from. Uh, they had stayed in our home, and we're we're just thankful uh, that we had the opportunity to get to know them better. Even through that short yeah. time, we stayed with them. Amen. Yeah, and I just uh, you know, it's the relationship and the way that we communicate. It's just so vital, and it's how God made us. I have Ken Ham's new book called Creation to Babel, and in in the book he relays a story when an atheist once asked him, "So, what do you mean when you say God created humans in His image?" And Ken quickly responded. Well, visit the local zoo and have a conversation with one of the apes, and you will quickly learn that humans and not animals are made in God's image. Mm, amen. Amen. 
Well, our time is up tonight. And I hope Thank you everything... for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.